Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. All right, Marketeers, thank you so much for joining us. Today I have on Stephanie Wood. She is the Marketing and Communications Manager for Stantec Pacific Region. She also serves on Stantec's Learning and Development Task Force and participates in Stantec's Supervisor Development Network. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. So before we dig into why I brought you on the podcast, which is Mm -hmm. to talk about leadership and management, I'm curious to know how you got started in this industry. What's your story? Well, I think it should be no surprise that my background has nothing to do with AEC or marketing, really, for that matter. So I was uh, primarily a stage performer and singer into my late 20s. I studied and earned my degree in theater. I performed at Carnegie Hall. I went on a national theater company tour when I was 16, but it came to a place when I really needed to get medical insurance and have a more secure job. So nothing super sexy, but right. through a friend's referral, I was hired by a small underground utilities firm to serve as a sales rep. And I'll tell you, it was like learning a foreign language, no joke. I was very overwhelmed at first, uh, but then I really got into it. I did a lot of trade shows and I volunteered with BIA and I had great support at that company, really loved working with everyone. But then as we know, 2007, the economy took a major dive and I hustled out of there before I could be, you know, the next layoff. So long story short, I started at Stantec in a non-marketing role as a communications coordinator. However, the project I was on shut down almost immediately after I started, not nerve wracking at all, but fortunately I'd already developed some good relationships at Stantec and ended up on the transportation team of all places but they plopped me in the dead middle of the marketing department. So fast forward 14 years, and I am now the marketing and communications manager for our Pacific region. Perfect. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, this is sort of a roundabout story, but there was a speaker at Build Business called Mm -hmm. Mary Abajay, who wrote this book, Managing Up, that I love. And she did this exercise where she had everyone raise their hand if they've had just the perfect manager to fit their communication styles. And I was working at Stantec at the time. For those listeners who don't know, Stephanie is my manager. And I was maybe one of two people who raised their hands. And that sort of shocked me. I could not believe that there were people out there who were being managed by other people who did not know how to communicate with them properly. And since then, anytime someone has come into a new management role and has asked me who to talk to, I've always pointed them in your direction because I think you, whatever you do, you've got something figured out. (laughs) What do you feel your management philosophy is? Well, you know, I've thought about this. I don't know if this is a philosophy per se, but my approach or style tends to lean more towards the leadership aspect of management. There are certainly parts of my position that require traditional management, information, situations, decisions. But I remember when I first stepped into this management role, thinking, 
what will work best for me is if I just live by that golden rule of treat others the way I want to be treated. So I see myself more as a collaborative manager slash leader slash supervisor, whatever you want to call it, when it comes to people. And that makes sense since my communication style has come back two times in a row over the course of probably six or seven years as a supportive driver. So you know me, I'm very driven. I have very high expectations, but I like to think I'm also somebody who's approachable. I'm hands-on but I'm hands-off, if that makes sense. Sure. I, I definitely take seriously that I am part of my team's career journey, and I want to help them succeed. I like to meet people where they are and explore their strengths and their passions and grow those. But then I also like to weave in those opportunities without pointing out like, hey, that's a weakness, but to build up the areas that could use a little TLC, you know, or, or stretch them a little. And that can be what those soft skills, maybe it's writing for some people. Some people do not like client interviews, but hey, we all got to do it. So we try to weave those opportunities in uh, to make sure that everyone's kind of getting what they need for their position. So I think in my experience, people respond well to and tend to deliver solo work to when they're exposed to a positive environment. And I just like to make sure that we have the most positive environment so you feel good about where you work and the work that you do and the people you work for, the the team you're a part of and the support you receive. Because ultimately, I think that allows everyone to feel more free to be creative and we always ask for your opinion. And we also like to see you step out of your comfort zones a little bit, take on a challenge or two. Yeah. So in becoming a leader, because Mm -hmm. I I do think that's what you are, what type of leadership or management training have you taken or are you taking that you believe has supported you? Well, I think first and foremost, at least for me, I have learned from the people who've actually served as my managers. So thankfully, for the majority of my career, I have not experienced any type of like catastrophic leadership or management over me. I've had great examples of how to manage through leadership. So I take from my managers what I really like, and I generally try to avoid or maybe tweak the things that I don't much care for. And so Mm -hmm. far, I feel like that's, you know, worked for me in terms of official training. I was selected to participate part of Scantec's Emerging Leaders Program in 2014, 2015, it was hands down the best training experience I have ever been a part of. It was the five to six month program. We traveled to different offices, different states. We were part of teams. We had a capstone project and we took all of those assessments that we've all heard about, the personality, the communication, <laughs> the blind spot, all of those so that we could learn how to be more aware be more aware managers. We're self-aware and we're also being more aware to other people's needs and exactly how they communicate. I've done a few skill path seminars. This is sort of a funny story, but the first one I took uh, when I learned I was going to be managing people was how to communicate with diplomacy. And the conversation with my boss went something like, do you really think you need to take that? And I said, have you met me? (laughs) (laughs) He laughed and said, okay, go ahead and take it. But really what I wanted to do, again, to make sure I was being that good leader and manager was that I had a few extra tools in my front pockets for maybe some of those trickier conversations. But yeah, those are some of those trainings that I took. I took a little Franklin Covey for organizational but I'm quite organized. So maybe more prioritizing because I was going to be doing a lot of 
for workload prioritization for my team and them and managing, you know, what they are doing. So just making sure I had all of those things lined up. And then, of course, as you know, being involved in SNPS and serving in director and chair positions with yeah. this organization have been huge. And also, this is a volunteer capacity. So it's a little bit uh, more, I won't say challenging, but you really have to know how to create an environment and a plan <laughs> that makes people want to you know, engage and commit and participate and maybe even take a little ownership in your efforts. So while it's very different, it's a really incredibly rewarding leadership challenge. So I know for a fact, SNPS has been huge in strengthening my leadership abilities. And then of course, I just have my, my internal network here at Stantec. It's other, you know, marketing team members or leaders, technical practitioners. I have had a mentor at Stantec. I also have a lot of mentors that they don't know that they're my mentors. Yeah. So there's that natural mentoring that just kind of happens. So, you know, they're the ones that have been there to see me succeed, fail, recover, succeed, <laughs> and go mm -hmm. in that circle. But they've always been encouraging. And I think what's most important is they've given me this space to go through all of that, guide me and give me that advice. And then I would say, finally, probably the biggest and best training I've ever had, at least when it comes to practicing patience, is being a mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yes. I know that you foster a really healthy <sighs> team dynamic mm -hmm. because I'm part of that team. <laughs> How do you build your teams? Well, you know, having a solid team is extremely important. And I love being able to say that we have the best team and I can say that. So I can't say that I build this team by myself. It's not just me. Right. We definitely have a collaborative hiring process. And frankly, you know, whatever company I happen to be at, I would likely take this approach because it really works. So there's a couple ways that our teams, at least at this company, are built. And that is hiring in from the outside. So when we're hiring for a new position, we go through quite a process. We scrutinize tons of resumes. We do initial screenings. Then they have to, you know, pass the two managers. And then we have to have them pass kind of a writing exercise. How do they do? Could they even write really well? Do they understand the industry lingo? And then we put together a panel. You've been a part of them before where we have a team member or two, another leader. We'll usually involve a technical practitioner with whom, you know, we regularly work with and who knows our team. And then all together, those steps in the process really allow us to get multiple perspectives, gut feelings, a range of questions. And as the hiring manager, I get to see how the individual responds with three different interview audiences or panels, especially for me or whoever the hiring manager may be. So getting the feedback from our team and those we trust is paramount when we're making these decisions. We have a stellar team. So for me, it is vital for us to keep our level of service and quality and professionalism at the highest level to maintain our credibility and the respect we've worked really, really hard to establish and maintain. So while it can feel like, you know, a long process for some people, ultimately when you're looking to bring someone into the family, so to speak, you really want to be sure that they're not only qualified because a lot of people are qualified, but you want them to fit well within the team because we really want it to be right for both the candidate and for us. So that's one way we bring people in. The other is not necessarily by choice. Stantec does a bit of 
acquisition. So mm-hmm. we've gained several employees via those transactions. We've been quite fortunate that the team members we currently have on our team that were quote unquote, you know, inherited are outstanding. Right. That's had not all acquired staff work out. And in some cases, you know, maybe they choose to leave, but in other cases, we found another team within the company that better suits those individuals. So while we may not end up with them on our team, we really do just want to make sure people feel like they're in the right place for them. And then it always, as you know, I always just have my eyes and ears open for talent. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like my second job. I'm just kind of like side recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you build collaboration within your marketing team? Because it doesn't just happen naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're very fortunate that our team is collaborative and maybe they would just be collaborative on their own, but we do have some things that we definitely do to help promote that. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only collaboration, but healthy interactions. And we do that through encouraging recognition and teamwork, of course. For recognition, we have kind of a program I've been leading since I became a a marketing team lead, which was the position I had before this. It's called the win-win program. So what we try to do is you can send in a recognition for anybody on your team at any time. And then at the end of the month, we pull the name out of a box And you can win from being recognized. And then we pull a winner for the person that recognized. So it's a win-win. We're not only recognizing people for their good work, but we're recognizing people for recognizing their teammates. And what I love about this team is they don't just recognize people necessarily on our team. They recognize Mm -hmm. people they work with technical or otherwise. So that's our program. We have a gotcha, which is that immediate, like we blast everybody immediately with some super good news. So we really just encourage that, that cheerleading, if you will, and everyone's really, really good at it. And then for teamwork, we have quite, you know, a, a lot of things that we do there. We have our team meetings, but we have our fairly regular show and tells where each person selects something they've worked on recently that they are particularly proud of. And we always find that the team loves this. They love seeing what each other is doing. And then they all kind of get potential ideas. Hey, can you send me that? Or, you know, I need a copy of that because they want to apply that to their work. So it's not jealousy, but it's like, wow, you guys do great work. I would love to get more ideas from you. So we encourage that. We also have, you know, our U.S. West training program where we pair people that do not normally work together and have them identify a training topic. They get to pick, become the experts, and then they lead a training session for the U.S. West marketing team. We've been doing this for three years. It's so great. I have not been disappointed once with any of the topics that any of our pairs, or in some cases, our triplets have come up with. We also use our Microsoft Teams channels for those larger conversations, for support to ask questions. And I just have to say, I love watching the Teams chats. I sometimes will just kind of keep myself out of it because I like watching how you will all will just stop everything you're doing to help someone with an urgent forms question or drop in a new template in the box because an agent client A wants, you know, 13 point font, triple space, five inch margin document. Has anyone done that before? Right. <laughs> oh, wait, I haven't. <laughs> and I also love just, you know, the others of the, the funnier encouraging memes, it's like, hey, I'm going to make you guys smile this morning, or I want to send a good note this morning. It's, it's just one of those things where it, we start small, but over time, it's just become part of the culture to make sure we're celebrating everybody. I think everyone is everyone else's cheerleader. So we do work to appreciate 
you know, the special skills and talents and passions that each individual brings to the team. Mm-hmm. But I think there's some healthy competition, but not necessarily with each other. I think most team members are just really competitive with themselves. 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the environment that we foster really just allows for like the sharing of ideas and perspectives. You all work on each other's proposals, even if it's in a review capacity, uh, just helping with a little section here and there and doing those types of things gives everybody a sense of ownership on everything the team works on. So we all celebrate the wins together. We all acknowledge the losses together, but put those all together. And we're learning from both outcomes all the time. So I think that that's really what we do. We just try to make it a we team and not an I team. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you bring up such a good point there. There's a study that I've just learned about that it was with medical teams And they said that the teams who had a lot of trust in one another, Mm -hmm. they noticed that there were more mistakes and that Mm -hmm. made no sense. Right. Mm -hmm. So as you're like brainstorming all the reasons why these teams that trust each other have all these mistakes and these teams that don't trust one another, don't have these mistakes and they pride a little bit more and they figured out that it was because the teams that trusted one another weren't afraid to bring up mistakes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that they weren't being made. It was that they were actually being properly addressed with a team that trusted mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that really ties into how you have us all looking at each other's documents. Mm-hmm. And it's not a personal thing. Mm-hmm. If we find something, it's more of like a, a helpful thing. So We've almost done our own little research project within our team. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) And that's one of the things that I appreciate most about your leadership and this team is that whenever there's an issue, you always have our backs. You're Mm -hmm. our first line of defense. I find that so special. Could you explain your reasoning around that? Well, I feel like there's maybe three different parts to this, this answer. So like, first, let me say that in my role, I have responsibilities to our company and the business, right? But specific to my team and having your back, I like to think of myself more as your advocate, whatever that might be, uh, Mm -hmm. something to do with your workload, your career, your position, uh, a specific situation with another person or group. But because I know each of you quite well, your work ethic, how you tend to communicate, your goals, just what you have going on. I have a really good idea of where you're at and what works for you. So as you know, I like to take your pulse on potential and existing assignments. I don't often just assign something without a conversation first. Not that it doesn't ever happen, but I just like to be sure I know what's going on with your current workload or how or when like maybe a new assignment or task might fit in. So I try to do my best to make sure we have a good balance for each of you. Secondly, it is the norm that we have a significantly heavy workload in our region. Mm -hmm. I 100% support the relationship that you develop and nurture with our practitioners. We encourage that. Sometimes though, you know, that means they will come directly to you with an immediate or urgent (laughs) request for attention or support, but you're not able to provide that. And in those times, you know that you can let them down easy. You don't have the capacity, but you also know you can send them my way. 
it's going to be taken care of and you can continue focusing on the major tasks that you're working on. Sure. And then I'd say, lastly, it's not totally applicable to this team, but I, I rarely receive complaints. It's usually the opposite. I'm thanking practitioners for recognizing the team's awesomeness on a regular basis. But I have had those times when I'm approached with a, a grumble or a concern. And I do believe hearing out both sides is critical without jumping to a conclusion, mainly because what really happened is somewhere right in the middle, like we always like to say, which means maybe both sides probably have something they could you know, address to do better in the future. Sure. But things that I avoid are accusatory tone or language because that doesn't solve anything. It also shuts people right down. Right. I also try to give people the benefit of the doubt. You know me. If there's a hard day, I'm like, well, maybe that person's tired. Maybe they're super overwhelmed. So I like to give people the benefit of the doubt because everybody has a bad day every now and again. Mm -hmm. And not everyone's perspectives are going to align. And, and that's why I think it's really important to step back and take stock, get a full picture of what's going on before deciding on the appropriate approach. Sometimes I take corrective action without you guys even knowing just by suggesting to try something different next time. Sometimes it has to be a more direct approach, but no matter what, it can always be done in a respectful manner. Um, sure. And in my experience, whatever the issue might be, there are usually and often just ways to handle them without causing like major distress to either side. Instead, just identifying some solutions to move forward in the best way that's best for those individuals. Because sometimes the moving forward may not look the same for one situation that it is for another. So just being flexible in that regard. Right. All right. So to close out, what advice would you give someone who is just stepping into a management role or maybe has already stepped into that management role, but is new to it and looking to improve? Mm -hmm. So that's a big question and also not so big. So I would say Step one is to not go in like a bull in a china shop. You want to kind of sit back and observe and get to know your team, see how they function, uh, how they work together, and then see what's working. And then start to kind of come up with ideas that you think might help them work and slowly implement them, but in a collaborative way. Sit down and let's talk about some things that you're seeing and ask them what their suggestions might be, and then you can weave yours in. So mm -hmm. I just find that collaboration really starts to build that trust with managers and your staff members. And then you also just want to keep in mind, you don't want to do the things that you know you don't like about being managed. We've all probably experienced something with our managers that meh, that, that didn't feel so good, or I, I don't like how they handled that. So maybe avoid those things and think through how you felt before you, you say certain things or take certain actions. And Quite frankly, if you're creating a positive environment, your job is going to be a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. So I find that being an example of what I want from my team is key. They know I work hard. They know I have high expectations of myself and of them, but they also know I create a safe space for them. We have open and honest dialogue. They know I always say, if you don't tell me, I can't fix it. I can't address it if I don't know what's going on. So don't feel like I'm going to sit here and judge you. Let's just figure this out. Let's talk through this. Because oftentimes, just walking through that predicament or maybe having a really good brainstorming session can lead them in the right direction and help alleviate some of that stress or uncertainty that they have been dealing with. And I'd say finally, training. See if your company offers any type of leadership or management training. Fortunate that 
you know, our firm offers tons of it and I participate in all of it. I know that there's Dale Carnegie is out there, SkillPath, SMPS is always just great. But I also, I had mentioned the Emerging Leaders Program earlier in our conversation and our facilitator was Libby Spears. You can find her on, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook. She is outstanding and I would strongly encourage you to ask your firm to hire her <laughs> as a facilitator to lead any type of leadership or even just to contact her on the side. She is fantastic. I learned so much from her in that program. And then finally, I would just wish you the best of luck and say, enjoy, you know, being the guide for people. Their careers are really in your hands. There is a lot of responsibility there. So take care of it. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Of course, my pleasure. All right, Marketeers, I hope you enjoyed the very first episode of the AEC Marketeer podcast for 2022. A special thank you to Stephanie for hopping on to talk about leadership and management. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every other Wednesday. Chat soon.